Welcome back to the Learning to Sit Still podcast. I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to listen. If this is your first time joining me, welcome. I am so glad you could be here today. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And if you enjoy this episode, would you share it with a friend or consider leaving a review? That's super helpful to help others find this podcast. You can also follow me on Facebook and Instagram, where I share short devotionals as well as videos to encourage you in your walk with the Lord. If you are looking for some good resources for deepening your faith, just visit thestillmydaughter.com where you will find blog posts, free Bible reading plans, and other helpful information. There's also a contact page on my website where you can submit questions or prayer requests. I would love to pray for you or help in any way I can. All of those links can be found in the show notes, so be sure to take a peek after the episode. Are you ready for the answer to the Bible trivia question I asked you last time? Who prophesied that Jesus would be taken out of Egypt? The answer is Hosea, and found in chapter 11 of Hosea, verse 1. Our question for next week is, Who said, What shall I do? I will send my beloved son. It may be that they will reverence him. Who said, What shall I do? I will send my beloved son. It may be that they will reverence him. And remember, I will have the answer for you on the next episode. When we think of the Christmas story, our mind tends to go to the stable where lowly shepherds greeted the newborn king. And when we think about the women of Christmas, Elizabeth and Mary are at the forefront. There is, however, another woman who is part of the story, yet she often gets lost, which is understandable since she really only has about three verses. There was one, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Aser. She was of a great age and had lived with an husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And she came in that instant, gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Luke chapter two, verses 36 to 38. Today, I want to talk about Anna. Even though these verses are few, they are packed with details about her life. First, her age is mentioned, but it could be said that she was a widow who was 84 years old or that she had been a widow of 84 years. Either way, she was definitely a mature woman. She is also described as a prophetess, but rather than meaning someone who sees or foretells the future, This word carries more the idea of someone who spoke the word of God. They can also be a person who has devoted themselves to declaring the word of God. I don't know about you, but that meaning really grabbed my attention and should be a descriptive term we would wish upon ourselves. To be women of the word women who declare the word of God with our lips and our lifestyle. Anna was such a woman. She dwelled in God's presence. She made him her whole focus. Listen again to a section of the passage departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. I love what one person said about this description of Anna. They said, it gives insight into her character and a clue about what occupied her mind and her conversation. I honestly can't read that without a little conviction as I reflect on my own life and what occupies my mind and pours out of my mouth in conversation. She literally lived and breathed God, she was 
absolutely in love and completely satisfied with God. How many of us can say the same thing? What does it take to become such a woman? Well, that's what I want to talk about today as we discuss this forgotten woman of Christmas. Let's go back to this short passage of verses that are full of deep truths for us. Anna had only enjoyed seven years of marriage before suffering the loss of her husband, and she was left even without children, which is a very difficult situation in Bible times. Yet instead of losing herself in grief and drowning in self-pity, Anna turned to God and devoted her life to his service. She is a woman who can teach us many things about what is truly important on earth and about where our focus should lie. The first lesson in her life teaches us that she was a woman of perception. Anna came upon the scene where Simeon was giving his prophecy of the young Jesus and immediately recognized the significance. Often in illustrations of this moment, she is seen nearby. But how did she know and agree with Simeon that this was Jesus, the Son of God? What gave her the boldness to approach this little group with such certainty? I believe it is due to the fact that she had spent her life in the presence of God. And when he came in the flesh, she knew. Anna was a woman who had given herself to understanding the spiritual. All those decades lived in the temple prepared her for this one amazing moment. And I think this is something that we can draw from each woman of the Christmas story of Elizabeth, Mary, and Anna. They were women who had prepared their hearts for years. This was not something that was done overnight. It was over a decade or more for these women. Elizabeth and Anna were both much older. So think about that preparation. They cultivated and prepared themselves for this one moment. Anna was a woman who also fasted and prayed both night and day. She was so in tune with God because it was her desire to be. How many of us can say that's our heart's desire? So often we spend our life in the world absorbing its philosophies and worldviews. We spend hours investing in things that are temporal and give only moments a day to spending time with God. How many of us would have missed Jesus that day had we been there? Would we have been so in tune with the Spirit, so sensitive to his leading, that we would have followed him there, like Simeon and Anna? A woman as perceptive as Anna does not happen overnight. Like I said, it's developed over a lifetime. It takes a desire, truly a desire to know God above all else and to tune our hearts to seek him above all else. That is what Anna did. She pursued God above all else, which enabled her to recognize him when he came to earth in human form. I want to be like Anna and choose to spend time with God so that I can know him, so that when he speaks to me, I can hear and recognize his voice right away. Second, Anna was a woman of devotion. She spent her life in the temple. It is what she lived for, and it was her reason for getting up in the morning. She would have agreed with the psalmist when he said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord, Psalm 122, verse 1. In fact, she never left the temple but more than likely lived in a little area within the walls. She eagerly greeted each day and looked forward to what it would bring as she served her God. How many of us live like that? How many of us have that kind of attitude? What is the first thing our mind goes to when we get up? Checking our phone? Social media? My hand is raised. Maybe two. 
I fall for that same trap each morning, but I remember something that Nancy DeMoss Walgam was said in her book, A Place of Quiet Rest. It's a really good book. I recommend it. She mentioned that it was her habit not to look at anything until she had spent time with God because it was the best way to keep her mind clear and ready to hear his voice. I believe we all could benefit from such a practice, something that may be a good thing to add to our list of goals for the new year, including myself. It is no wonder that many of us struggle to focus during our quiet time and still our hearts before God because we've already cluttered it with the latest news or social media update. What would happen if we chose to rise and spend time in God's word before doing anything else? I believe our minds, like Nancy said, would be ready to receive our Lord's message and be more ready to act upon it if we have made that our daily practice. We would quickly realize what truly mattered is found in the eternal, not the temporal, and our walk would be with greater clarity. May we be like Anna, waking up every day, eager to seek the Lord's face first, to hear his voice, and will be ready to follow his commands. And lastly, Anna was a woman on a mission. As soon as she had seen the young king and given thanks, she made it her mission to tell others. She wasted no time in passing along the wondrous news that the Messiah had come. She spake of him to all them that looked for the redemption in Jerusalem. She, who had spent her whole life at the temple waiting, just like Simeon, with great anticipation for the coming of the promised one, had now seen him with her own eyes, and she had to immediately tell others. She knew the truth and could not hold it inside it. How many times have we not spoken? The world is looking for a savior. They are in dire need of a redeemer, yet we hold back. We readily speak to others about the weather, sports, and sometimes even politics, but we hesitate to bring up the eternal. But what happened if we spoke to others about the good news as often as we spoke about our family, hobbies, or pets? How much more of an impact would we make if we cared about someone's eternal soul? Remember what Deuteronomy says, when thou rise up, when thou sit, when thou eat, it should be part of our day, woven into every facet of our soul so that it pours out of our speech at every opportunity. May we be like Anna and spread the good news of Jesus Christ with all who would listen and make an eternal difference. As we wrap up today's episode, my question would be, are we willing to be an Anna? Now, to be an Anna is not an easy thing to commit to because it means that we must deny ourselves to deny our flesh and say no to the alluring things of this world. It might mean getting up earlier to spend time in God's word and surrendering our heart to do his will. We are, however, selfish by nature. We would prefer to spend our time doing what we like and investing in what we want. But that is not the reason we were given a life. We were given a life so that we can make a difference in our world and in our sphere of influence. When we stand before our God on the day of judgment, will we be ashamed at the many hours we spent on things that didn't really matter and weep over all that was lost? The world is in desperate need of more Annas of individuals who desire to know their God in such a way that every step, every thought, and every action is guided by him and that the people around us can see him. Can I encourage you to spend time in God's word, not just reading a few verses or even a few chapters, but truly digging into the passage, discovering what it means for you and how you need to let certain things go that are holding you back from holy pursuing God. 
Let's be women of the word, a prophetess who passionately lives and speaks God's word for all to hear, just like Anna. And that is where we'll end today's episode. Have a wonderful day, my friends, and Merry Christmas.